Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Welcome to the Position Previews. Yes, tis the season. My favorite episodes. We start with quarterback. We do tight end tomorrow. And next week, we'll tackle running backs and wide receivers. Adam Azer, Dave Richard, Jamie Eisberg, Heath Cummings. The whole gang is here to discuss the quarterback position. Got some awesome stats for you. Got some ADP breakdowns, sleepers, breakouts, busts, and of course, strategy. How do you do it in a one-quarterback league? How do you draft them in a two-quarterback league or super flex? Does anything change in PPR, half PPR, three receiver, all those great things. What's going on, guys? Give me, I'm going to introduce you all. And when I introduce you, just give me your, your basic read of the quarterback position this season. Heath Cummings, just lay it out for me in a sentence or two. 2022 quarterback position. Draft Jalen Hurts in round six. If someone takes him, draft Tom Brady in round eight. Don't really think that was an overview of the quarterback position. I mean, that was... uh, That's my quarterback strategy. That's what what I was supposed to do. I I wanted like, well, it's deep this year, and you you know, but okay, fine. You know what? I'll I'll blame myself. Not good enough instruction. Dave, pick up... That's pretty good advice. I didn't say it was great advice. Sure. Uh, Dave, give me your, your overview of the quarterback position. There are no good quarterbacks this year, and you should probably rush to take a quarterback in your draft. The opposite of what I just said is true. That was a little confusing, but okay, Jamie, let's do it in you know the, the actual way to say it. Go ahead. Uh, quarterback is very deep. Wait on the position. I agree with Heath's strategy. If you... Uh, the one, the one thing I would add, if you can't get Hurts, Brady's fine. Please get Trey Lance. He's going to be awesome. Is quarterback deeper than it was the previous two years? Um, it's always yes. deep. But yes, probably. Is. I'm answering yes. It does. I don't think it looks any deeper than it did in the preseason the previous two years. I, th- I hope it's deeper than it has been the past two years. Does that make sense? Yeah, because I think this is really important. It, it really hasn't been that deep of a position. It, it's deep in the sense of if you're in a 12-team, one-quarterback league, or obviously a 10-team, one-quarterback league, you should have had no problem finding a reliable starting quarterback. But I remember doing position previews with you guys where you said, there are 17, 18 quarterbacks. I'm fine with them as my number one on draft day. I can be the last person, you know, that kind of thing. And that was not the case last year or the year before. In fact, last year, uh, 11 of the top 12 quarterbacks 
were drafted as top 13 quarterbacks. So you basically had the guys who were drafted as starters were the best ones. They were the starters. It, it wasn't, uh, you know, QB 18 was really good or something like that. Um, so I think, fellas, when you look at Trey Lance, who's going to move up into the, you know, top 10 probably, but Lance, Fields, Lawrence, Tua, then there's guys like Jameis Winston. People I, people are still high on Tannehill-ish. He's top 20 in ADP, but... But there's this group of younger, unproven players. We'll just we'll remove Winston from there. Lawrence, Tua, Lance, Fields. And then you've got, hopefully, an improved Carr and an improved Cousins. That's why I was wondering, is it deeper than it has been? Because I think you could maybe be excited about more guys this year than, than in years past. Recent years it, past. It's deeper if Lance, Fields, Lawrence, two of those guys do what we think they can and Rodgers doesn't fall off a cliff. Hmm. What you just said there was a little confusing because I didn't know if you said two of or two a. <laughs> yes. <both. laughs> okay. Okay. All right. We'll explore that topic a little bit more in just a little bit. I'm going to give you guys some cool stats and you can react. We have not had a repeat QB1 in six point per passing touchdown leagues in almost 20 years. Peyton Manning in 2003 and 2004. That was the last time it happened in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. Oddly enough, that was also the last time it happened in four-point-per-passing touchdown leagues, but it was a different quarterback. It was Dante Culpepper. So in 2003 and 2004, Peyton Manning and Culpepper were the top quarterbacks. Manning in six-point, Culpepper in four-point. We haven't had a guy repeat as QB1 since then, except for Josh Allen, who did it in four-point-per-passing touchdown leagues last year, finished as QB1 in 2020 and in 2021. So that's a hard thing to do. Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers, by the way, came very close. They both had three-year stretches where they were number one, then number two, then number one. But it's tough to be number one two years in a row. But this is also, I think, more interesting. Uh, In the last four seasons, we've had eight quarterbacks finish top two, right? Makes sense. Two per year. Seven of those eight that finished as QB1 or QB2 were drafted as QB9 or later. The only exception was Josh Allen last year who was drafted as QB2 and finished as QB1. But usually the guys who were finished the last four years, seven of the eight guys who have finished as the number one or the number two quarterback have been drafted at the earliest QB9. Jamie, what does that mean to you? Draft Trey Lance wherever you possibly yeah. can. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you were It's also Russell that. Wilson. Uh, I think Tom Brady is, is Hertz QB9. Hurts isn't that far, right? Seven, I believe. Okay. Brady is nine on Fantasy Pros. Okay, that's another one who could do it quite easily. Just did it last year. Like, ex- almost expect him to do it. Yeah. Who? Hurts or Brady, Brady? You said Brady. 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 Yeah. So, pretty interesting. Uh, pretty interesting stat there. Uh, and then, yeah, we we can conclude with that. Want to tell you about fantasy football today on CBS Sports HQ? What's the What's the programming for the rest of the week for today and tomorrow, Jamie? Noon Eastern, CBS Sports HQ. You can watch it on the CBS Sports app. You can watch it on Paramount Plus, or you can go to cbssportshq.com. What what are we looking at? Uh, We have a special guest joining us today. Austin Eckler, Chargers running back, will be on the show. Uh, So that's fun. And we're going to go over our running back rankings, Um, give everybody our position preview there. And then uh, we have an interview that we're running at least a, a clip of uh, Pete Prisco and Rick Spielman, who's part of our, uh, our group of, of CBS reporters now, former Vikings GM. 
um, at Colts camp talking to Jonathan Taylor. So it ties into our, our running back position preview. So we'll have an interview from Jonathan Taylor from our guys that were there. And then we'll be speaking to uh, uh, Austin Eckler on the show. Very cool. Check it out. Fantasy football today, noon Eastern, Monday through Friday, from now until the end of the season. We do have some big news. The NFL is appealing to Sean Watson's six-game suspension. Probably wish they had wrapped that up before the quarterback preview. But we'll obviously talk about the Sean He's Watson. He's not playing. He's bold. I, you don't think so? No, I think... I mean, everything you're hearing, indefinite suspension with at least a year. I pulled him from my rankings. He's not He's not in my rankings anymore. Is, um, is the second or the third time you've pulled him from your rankings this year? Oh, the second. <laughs> <laughs> but that's when, when you say everything you're hearing, that's what the NFL wants, right? That, that's right. Well, so the way I understand it is if they suspend him for, let's just say it's a year, uh, he can sue, and it could get potentially pushed back till next season which would probably be a huge mistake on his part because if the suspension still gets upheld from Goodell, he goes from losing about a million dollars to losing $45 million. After suing, you're saying? Oh, if he doesn't play next year. Yes. Because of the base salary thing? Yeah. I I think Jamie's 100% right on that. The only thing is, and I want to be careful how I speak because I'm not sometimes, but his camp seems completely untethered from reality. Totally. Like, like they always they, so which makes me think they might think that they are going to win a lawsuit. And so they might push it into next year because he continues we continue to hear that he doesn't think he did anything wrong. And all of everybody seems to know that's not true. So I I don't know that he won't play at all this year, but I prefer to just pull him from my rankings too. There's uncertainty. And especially at a quarterback position that we've already talked about and we've already addressed as being deep, why would you even bother dealing with that type of uncertainty? You know, we'll talk about other quarterbacks that might have an injury that they're dealing with, and there's a little bit of uncertainty there, but there's a lot of uncertainty. This guy might not play at all this year, but there's there isn't there a chance that if it goes to court before the season starts that a judge can rule a stay in favor of Deshaun Watson, and then he's playing in week one? There, 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 there are a lot of different scenarios that can come out of this. I think the most likely one is that he does get suspended for longer than six games. If he were suspended, let's call it a dozen games, I don't think anybody would draft him anyway unless you had deep bench spots or were in a two-QB super flex league. Right. I, I just want to add one more, and it's still conjecture, but I, I think he, they did not appeal the six-game suspension. No, Correct. and they asked so the I NFL not to either. So I think if he sued – he could possibly play week seven if it was still going on because he's not appealing the first six. Don't know how a judge would, would view that. There's just, there's so much that we just do not know about this. Yeah. And it's that it's, it's the serious uncertainty that keeps him from getting picked in one QB leagues. Well, I mean, but we do know what the CBA says and the CBA says that this is now in Goodell's hands. Yep. And so if he decides that it's a year or indefinite, and they negotiated down to a year. I, I can't imagine that it's going to stay. What it, I mean, after all the public backlash that has happened since the six-game suspension, I cannot imagine that it's going to be less than a year. Yeah. On the other hand, this is not my. This is not what I want to see happen or anything like that. But on the other hand, you do set up this collectively bargained process with an unbiased, impartial, you know, uh, judge, mm-hmm. and right. she hands down a ruling. And the first time this system is tested. 
you overrule it, that that's another but, way but that's it could the look overruling's bad. part of the system. I understand right. that, right. but, but what's the point? Is what's, a recommendation, not a rule. Yeah, I just what's the point of having that system if well, it's going to go? And, I, and again, think, it's not what I'm saying, but that's the other side of it. But obviously, public sentiment is not going to care about that as much as they're going to care about. They want to see Deshaun Watson punished for this. So. I think you also have what her ruling was, was that she was not going to be the first person to over, not overturn, but give a harsher penalty than what the previous penalties have been. Right? Yeah. Yes. She, yeah, she, she kind of threw it back in the NFL's face. Goodell cannot overrule her findings on the facts. Right. Just right. the suspension. So it's not like they're overruling the one thing that they gave her complete autonomy. And, and her facts found that right. essentially he's, I don't want to say guilty, but, you know, Clearly yeah. did something, but his her nefarious, facts were only dealing with various activities. Yeah, her facts were only dealing with four women. That was the NFL's case. Well, the, the, right. the four in what, from what I understand, the four four of the more graphic cases. Fair, fair enough, but if you're sitting out there and you're going, "Hey, this was 20 women," in in this, it was. But for what the NFL, what she ruled on was, her, I'm sorry, Sue Robinson mm-hmm. is that her name? Yeah. What yes. she ruled on was the NFL presenting a case about four women. So it, they do have to stick to the four women and the facts that have already been laid out. We'll see what happens. We'll keep you posted. He, he needs obviously. to be punished further. Hopefully, it's here. Uh, the rest of your news and notes, Marquise Brown was arrested for criminal speeding. It's more than 20 miles per hour over the speed limit. We don't know much more. And more relevant to today's show, uh, Matthew Stafford still being held back because of his elbow. He had a quote-unquote minor off-season procedure, and he's not 100% yet. I seem to remember this being an issue with Dak Prescott going into maybe last year. Last now, year, they it, shut him down. It was a big story on Hard Knocks. Because of his arm? Yes. Uh, yes, he had okay. arm fatigue. Okay, okay. Yeah, this is different, but but again, you know, we have a lot of time before the September 8th season opener for them. Um, but still, I mean, this is this is important here. So I don't give me give me Dave, give me your quick thoughts here, because obviously we'll talk about Stafford in, in the context of this episode. I don't think anybody's worried about him missing games to start the year. I would be worried about how how is he going to be at 100 percent? Is he going to be as effective as he was last year all year? That's that's where my mind's at. And could it get so bad? You know, he's in pain when he throws. Could he could it get so bad that he has to miss time? Getting Cooper Cup on your fantasy team is great, but it's not as great if it's John Wolford throwing at him. <laughs> Same with Allen Robinson. All right. Um, and Matthew Stafford was a guy who had some huge games. He had seven regular season games with twenty eight or more fantasy points. He had five regular season games with thirty or more fantasy points and six point per passing touchdown league. So he was winning you some weeks. All right, let's get into some quarterback questions. How many quarterbacks are you comfortable with as your starter in a one-quarterback league? Sixteen. Sixteen. Sure. Who do the Saints play in week one? Let me double-check. Because to me, this is part of it. I'm I'm not thinking about it. Jameis was my 16th. Yeah, he's not for me, but he's close to it. I would say 17. Okay, so can you guys begin just the season, give 17 me different quarterbacks. the general area? Who's in that group toward the toward the bottom? I won't fight John Jameis. He's 17 for me, but I, I, I cut it off at Fields at 16. Yeah, I'm not. I did not include Fields and Lance for week one. So I, I cut it off at Jameis. You should. You got to include Lance in the week one because he's got the Niners or he's got the Bears. And he's got Seattle after that in week two. It's part of the allure of going after Fields early. 
or Lance early. Mm-hmm. One day I will get everybody's name I, right I on just, the show. And I yeah. Is it good for Trey Lance if they're playing bad teams? Yes. Yeah, I think so. They're, they're not going to. I don't it's think they're going to keep so him on the turtle boy. shell. Right. And uh, yeah, so so even if the answer was just something like 14, that's Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins territory. Uh, Jamie has Rodgers 15th. Dave has him 11th. Uh, Stafford will be 15. Okay. Uh, Heath has Rodgers 15, Stafford 12 currently. So anyways, you know, Stafford could be quarterback 15 as of right now. Uh, and then th- that group, though, of 16 or 17 did not include Trevor Lawrence and did not include Tua, Tua Tungavailoa, right? Right. But okay. those are still two good quarterbacks to stash if you have the desire to stash quarterbacks and if you have the space on your bench to stash quarterbacks. And obviously, we're talking one quarterback leagues. Two quarterback leagues, you're not stashing them, you're starting them. How many of that group do you think requires a backup quarterback on your roster? Uh, if you draft Josh Allen, if you draft Lamar Jackson, you you probably don't care about getting a backup. But if you draft Trey Lance, maybe you do. Heath, how many people, in, how many quarterbacks in that group of 16 or so uh, would you say you should draft a backup just in case? I would say four unless you include Lance and Fields, and then I would say six. Oh, I would okay. say four if you include Lance and Fields. I would like to have a backup if I have Stafford. I would like to have a backup if I have Rodgers. I would like to have a backup if I have Carr or Winston. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Not Anybody feel that way about Jalen Hurts? Not anymore. Yesterday, he, was, he might get benched. <laughs> he might get benched, but it's going to be a while before he gets benched, if he gets benched. Minshew's been having a terrible camp, too, apparently. So don't know how soon Hurts is going to be. It was a very, be, very fun moment games. on FFT yesterday, Adam, on, on <laughs> HQ, when the Minshew guy was defending the starter <laughs> ahead of Minshew because <laughs> they've said that Hurts might get benched. Has there been more? We were talking about a player prop for him, and it was one of my reasons for taking a season-long under on Jalen Hurts. It's not a it, it's not a reason to not take Jalen Hurts. Don't acknowledge that as if Jaylen it's Hurts. okay, Adam. Don't no, that is shake okay your for head a, like that. For a, a season-long percent of our audience is just listening, doesn't know you just did that. No, for a season-long player, player prop, I think he's got one of the best backups in football, and he's, you know, he, he could... He could of the top 15 uh, quarterbacks, Jalen like Hurts to, is probably uh, the most likely to get benched, right? Listen to these right? Size. What's that? Of the top 15 quarterbacks, before you get to Justin Fields, Trey Lance, or ju- sorry, Jalen Hurts is probably the most likely to get benched. How bad would he have to be, though, to get benched? I mean, like, you're putting the, the team record on him or his play? Both. No, 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 no. If his play stinks and they're four and two, he's not going anywhere. And their okay. schedule is not very. They think it's mean it like that. NFC East. I, I, you they know. just went to the playoffs last year in his second year as a quarterback. Dude, I don't think he's going to get benched. He all just I got AJ Brown. All Why I said was, discussing this? yeah, look, they, they I, open against the Lions, then the Vikings, then Washington, then Jacksonville, then Arizona. If, <laughs> that is a great first five games for any quarterback. I would be, I would be surprised if Jalen Hurts is benched yeah, by October. He would have to absolutely suck. We're wasting our breath. Let, let, let's go. I agree. Let's go and on. And that's why I'm not taking a backup with Jalen Hurts. Okay, good. Nobody is. What is your overall quarterback strategy, Jamie Eisenberg? I, I mean, I, I say it for the last 15 years. Uh, wait as long as you possibly can um, because the position is deep. 
it's not a bad idea if you get to a point in your draft where you don't love the other talent, the position to, you know, take a peek at the, at the quarterback spot. And if there's somebody you think that has, you know, upside and that you're not settling for, and, you know, we can debate the merits of who those guys are in the top 10. Um, but if you feel like there's somebody with upside, then you can go and, and draft that quarterback. But for me, for the most part, I'm usually one of the last three managers, if not the last one to take a quarterback which means I'm banking on a lot of Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr this year because those are the two I usually end up getting. Okay, Dave? I I don't want to purposely wait on a quarterback. I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I, I want to get a really good value, and I want to include the potential of getting one of the stud quarterbacks, Allen, uh, Mahomes, those types of guys, if they fall. Herbert, obviously I like Herbert better than Mahomes. Lamar Jackson, if if they fall to a point in rounds four through six, which they won't do in most public leagues, but if they were to, I'm jumping on that. I, I want to have a piece of that. Uh, I think that they're going to be worth that type of a value. One of the overarching storylines I have, I have a concern about this season is that there's going to be a, a kind of like a flat scoring at receiver and running back. You're going to have studs. It goes without saying, but I think there's going to be a lot of players that are going to be right around 13 PPR points per week. I And, and I think they're going to be inconsistent. I want to have consistency in my lineup, and I want a lot of points in my lineup. So if I can get one of those stud quarterbacks without having to reach for them, I'm going to take them. And I also, Jamie mentioned this, when, when you get to a point in a draft where you don't like any of the running backs, receivers, or tight ends that are there, and you just pivot to quarterback, you're usually going to find someone there that you'd happy to have on your team. So those are the two two tenets of, of quarterback drafting that I've got this year. And Heath? Uh, I'm going to draft Jalen Hurts in round six, and if he's not there, I'm going to draft Tom Brady in round eight. And if he's not there, I'm going to get one of Lance or Fields and combine them with one of the boring veterans. Carr, Cousins, Stafford, Rodgers, that group? Yeah, Probably not Rodgers. Okay. Okay, that's a pretty succinct strategy. Uh, so, which the, this question is a little repetitive, I guess. So, if it's the same answer, just that's fine. Just go ahead and give it. Which tier do you usually find yourself drafting your quarterback in, Heath? <laughs> I'm going to draft Jalen Hurts in round six, and if he's not there, I'll take Tom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough, Dave. Like which, it's not. Which, I think I should make a point of clarification because if people watch our mock drafts, this isn't necessarily what I do. I'm giving advice based on like fantasy pros ADP or or other ADP than our mock drafts. A lot of times I draft Mahomes or Herbert because they're there in round five or six. Yeah. That's not going to happen for hard like 95% of the people who are listening. Mahomes point. ADP is already pretty high. So is yeah. Josh Allen's obviously. So I agree. Heath. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, for in case you're curious about ADP, Josh Allen on fantasy pros right now is 24th overall, very end of round two in a 12-team league. Patrick Mahomes is in round three, and Justin Herbert is early in round four. So that would be an interesting decision for you guys. If Justin Herbert were there in round four, and you're choosing between him and... Nobody even takes a quarterback... In, Josh Allen doesn't go until round four. Yeah, okay, but but no, I've seen I've seen Josh Allen go round three in a couple of ours. If you were Chris drafting, likes to take quarterback early. If you were drafting with the public, okay, and and Justin Herbert were there in round four, and you were deciding between him and I don't know Allen Robinson or something like that, or Mike well, Mike Williams, um, maybe Brees Hall. Yeah, what would you do? Hmm. Hall or Robinson? Yep. You wouldn't take Herbert. Okay. No. 
Dave, did you say which tier you usually draft in? No, we didn't get to that. No, I didn't. Uh, I'm one of those people that ends up getting Herbert in round five in our drafts. I'm taking Brady where Heath is taking Jalen Hurts, and I'm taking Jalen Hurts where Heath is taking Tom Brady. Maybe not that far, but I've got Brady ahead of him. I've I've drafted a lot of Tom Brady. Happy to have him round six plus. Okay. Uh, we're going to get back to some general quarterback questions, and then we'll talk about sleepers, breakouts, busts, and we'll go through ADP and talk about every relevant quarterback, including the guys in the two QB leagues, the Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, Ryan Tannehill's of the world. Uh, but first, I am very excited to have SeatGeek as a sponsor for Fantasy Football Today. I was This is true. I was just on SeatGeek a couple of days ago looking up prices for a football game, and if you're watching on YouTube, you can look along with me. You can see this is what I'm looking at, Florida State at Miami, Honestly, this is no joke. Anytime I want to go to an event, sports, concerts, whatever, the first place I go is SeatGeek. I've been using it for whenever they started becoming a sponsor for us, like five years ago, if not more. Um, And they're just great. You can sort by best price. You can sort by the best deal. That's what you're looking at here, the best deal, um, because SeatGeek rates every seat. Or you can also uh, include the fees or don't include the fees. You can have SeatGeek notify you when the prices get lower. And if you want to save 20 bucks on your first SeatGeek order, use our promo code FFT. So that's a terrific deal for you. Promo code's FFT. Uh, the highest rated ticket app, concerts, baseball, basketball, football, festivals, anything else. SeatGeek puts tickets from all over the web in one place to make buying simple. Uh, They rate every ticket from 0 to 10 to make sure you're getting a good deal. And then if you look at the map, you'll see green dots, red dots. The the big, dark green ones are the best values. Those are the ones you want to click on. Uh, It is a really simple app to use, and it is the first and only place that I go to when I need tickets. The promo code is FFT. So you can get 20 bucks off your first purchase with the promo code FFT at SeatGeek.com or on the SeatGeek app. That is promo code FFT. For 20 bucks off your SeatGeek order, your first SeatGeek order, SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat and download the app today. All right, back to some quarterback questions here. Let's talk about our strategy in different leagues. Let's start with four-point versus six-point. Dave, you just said you're taking Brady over Jalen Hurts, but I'm sure you were talking about six-point for passing touchdown leagues. From what I've gathered, the majority, pretty significant majority of our listeners are in six-point for passing touchdown leagues, but we know four-point is very popular as well. Um, so Dave, would you take Hertz over Brady in a four point league? No, I would still go with Brady. And I know that sounds crazy because Hertz is going to run for a bunch of touchdowns, but I think Brady catches him still in a four point league. Okay. Uh, how about just general strategy, Jamie, in a four point per passing touchdown league? What does it change for you? I know it changes the order of the rankings a little bit, but does it change the way you prioritize quarterback? Do you care about it less? Uh, Yes. Absolutely care about it less. Uh, certainly prioritize the running quarterbacks. They have such an edge. Um, you know, Brady can certainly be in the mix. Obviously, you know, Allen Mahomes, without their rushing touchdowns for Allen, at least, um, you know, they're still going to be up there, Herbert as well. But uh, clearly the guys that run get such a significant advantage, you know. So Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, uh, don't forget about Justin Fields, like I told you, when I azer statted it, his last six healthy games, over 50 yards rushing per game in that in that uh, time frame. Um you know, those guys are going to, you know, make up the difference of what, you know, the other quarterbacks will do from a throwing perspective because of how much more those rushing product, how much more that rushing production matters. But I think also one thing that we never really bring up a lot is what the penalty is for interceptions in four point versus six point. If it's still minus two, then clearly the passing numbers aren't as prominent, you know, so 
Uh, you see a lot of four point for passing touchdown leagues. They do minus one, you know, to sort of offset a little bit what that is. But if it's four points for touchdowns and minus two for interceptions, uh, again, the passing touchdowns don't matter as much. Yeah, Justin Fields, you want to do an Azer stat. But that's just an Azer stat. Uh, in his last six games that Jamie mentioned, removing the Baltimore game that he left with an injury, he was on pace for 958 rushing yards. I don't think that you should expect that because he averaged seven yards per carry, which is more than Lamar Jackson has ever averaged in a season. Lamar Jackson's career high is 6.9, but you are getting a very prolific rusher in Justin Fields. It took him a while before we saw that, which isn't really that uncommon for mobile quarterbacks, I guess. Like Kyler Murray took a little while, but um, in his rookie year. But yeah, Fields can really, really run it. Uh, like yeah, for ahead. reference, the difference between Trey Lance and Tom Brady is, I think, 80 points in my projections in six points and 40 in two point. Mm. Yeah, but still Brady in two points. In, in four point, you, you said two yes. points. Oh, yeah, still Brady over Lance. Yeah. Um, okay. But it's a it's a big difference. Uh, Heath, does scoring matter? Half PPR, full PPR, or does two wide receiver versus three wide receiver? Does any of that affect your quarterback strategies? Um, I draft quarterbacks a little bit higher in non PPR than I do in full PPR. Honestly, it's not a joke because yeah, there's sense. a bigger difference between the elite running backs and wide receivers in PPR than there is in none. Um, how about ten team versus? 14 team, 10 versus 12 versus 14. They have shallow and deep leagues. I'm more inclined to take a superstar quarterback in a 10 team league. Um, not necessarily earlier, but I think their value gets pushed up. Uh, not even like a round, not maybe not even half a round. I'm, I'm just more interested in trying to get them because I think there is a difference between Josh Allen and Joe Burrow or between Justin Herbert and Kirk Cousins. I, th I think there's a difference that fantasy managers can appreciate with those types of guys. And in a smaller league, those are the edges that you can have over your competition. In a 14-team league, I'm basically basically going to have the same strategy that I would in a 12-team league, which I talked about earlier on the show. I think there are enough quarterbacks uh, at the position to you can you can say, yeah, there's 14 good enough starters. I'm looking for a good value. And if I don't find a good value, I just wait till late. Jamie, as someone who takes Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins a lot, would you also employ that strategy in a 10-team league, or would you be more likely to try to get an elite guy? I think the only way you're settling for those guys, and I, I say settling just because of where they typically get drafted, but is if somebody takes two before you take one, because you know no one is approaching it based on ADP, based on any rank list you're going to most likely look at and see Cousins or Carr in the top 10. If, if somebody hasn't ranked that way, kudos to them. Um, but for the most part, I would certainly much rather take, which I haven't ranked as it is now, a shot on Trey Lance and then backfill with one of these guys in a 10-team league. Uh, but yeah, I think Dave's approach is right. You know, in, in a shallower format, you want to have as many, you know, difference makers as you, as you can. And it's easier to sort of find backup options that you like for your or reserve options that you like for your bench uh, in a shallower league, you know, later in the draft. So yeah, I'll, I'll dive in the quarterback pool a little bit earlier in those formats. Okay, and by the way, just, here's some more stats for you. Because we're talking a lot about Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Trey Lance. I just told you that Justin Fields in his last six healthy games was on pace for about 950 rushing yards, but you shouldn't expect it because the seven yards per carry. Uh, Trey Lance, he was only a quarterback for 10 quarters last year. Two starts and half of another game. But in those 10 quarters, he was on pace for just under 1,100 rushing yards. <laughs> 
Okay, uh, he's he, he's incredible. I think he had 1,100 rushing yards in his one college season in like 13 games. I remember what it was, but he's an even more gifted rusher than Fields, uh, I, I would say anyway. Meanwhile, Derek Carr. Derek Carr has been ninth, fifth, and sixth in yards per attempt last three seasons. And he was fifth in the NFL in passing yards. He's been really good in yards per attempt and, and overall yards last year anyway. But his touchdown rate's been really low. Last three years, he's been 21st, 14th, and 23rd in touchdown rate. Well, now he's getting Mr. Double-Digit Touchdown. Devontae Adams caught 10 or more touchdowns in five of his last six seasons. Kirk Cousins, if you look at when Adam Thielen has been healthy, I mean, he's he's basically just, he's been like a top five quarterback. I'll try to get the, uh, yeah, all right. So since the Jefferson breakout and with a healthy Thielen, this is a big Azer stat. He's averaged 25.2 <laughs> fantasy points per game and six points per passing touchdown leagues, which would have made him QB six uh, last year. It, basically, Jefferson broke out midway through his rookie year, and when Jefferson's been at his best and Thielen's been on the field, Cousins has been awesome. You know, I'll just sum it up that way. So I love quarterback this year. And I, you know, every time I draft a lot of Russell Wilson, and I love it. You know, I'm fine with that. Round seven, eight, whatever. Uh, but... There's always, hmm, maybe I should have just waited on Cousins or something like that. But Carr and Cousins are, are back-to-back in ADP, not just at quarterback. They're, I think they're separated by one or two picks right now in overall ADP. So people see them very similarly. They're going about 105th overall, and uh, they've got a lot to offer. But they, they are, I think people are trying to weigh great situations versus these guys have had good careers, but they're not amazing quarterbacks, and they don't run that much, right? So we'll see how it plays out. All right, let's do sleepers break. Oh, Superflex 2QB. Now, this is a separate episode, basically. We will definitely spend, you know, half of an episode or something like that on this format. But Well, we just, we just did the mock draft yeah. Tuesday night if somebody wants to go back and watch. We did. You can see it on YouTube. You can, you can see the article on cbssports.com slash fantasy. We did a Tuesday night mock draft. At the time, we thought Deshaun Watson was only suspended six games. So Schneier took Watson and Cooper, in fact. Um, but... Heath, give me give me a quick overview on how you approach super flex leagues. You should draft quarterbacks earlier. Um, oh yeah, probably like nine of them in the first round, or eight of them in the first round, and twelve of them in the first two rounds. And I'm a little bit more worried about um, Lance and Fields, and I, I bump up in terms of the way down low the guys who I don't think could lose their job. Like Jared Goff, Davis Mills, um, the guys. It, there's a there's more value in a mediocre quarterback who is likely to play 17 games in that type of format. Dave, I'll let you get, get in on this because you know just to bring up my team from that Tuesday draft, I waited until round three to draft a quarterback, which was unusual. I, I may have been the last person. No, Marone, who had the 12th pick, waited also until round three, but six picks after me. Um, I was the second to last person, I think, to draft a quarterback. I took Jonathan Taylor, Travis Kelsey, Matthew Stafford, and Trevor Lawrence. And I I, I thought that worked out very well. I might have been a little lucky to have gotten Stafford there. Well, we'll see about the elbow. But, you know, I, I don't usually approach it that way, but it did work out for me. But what do you think about the idea of not taking a quarterback until round three? 12-team league, by the way. Yeah, usually I would say that quarterbacks will get gobbled up sooner. I thought you were lucky. Let's assume Stafford's fine. I thought you were lucky to get Stafford there, and I thought Marone was lucky to get Cousins, where he got Cousins. I expected more quarterbacks 
to fly off the board uh, in the first two and a half rounds than actually did. So when that works out for you, obviously it's a win. That's a that's a win for your team if, if you get Stafford as your first quarterback in round three in a super flex or two QB league. Yeah, I, I, I try and cover that position pretty quickly in a super flex or two QB. And, and for the most part, a super flex league is a two QB league. You'd be silly to not take advantage of the super flex mm-hmm. um, outside of your quarterback's bye weeks if you wanted to. So I, I'm always trying to get that position filled up pretty quickly. I think I had Brady and Rogers as two of my first three picks in that draft. And Brady was a first late first round pick for my team in that draft. So I, I'm chasing that position early on. Okay. Uh, and things change, obviously, in a 10-team league. If you have the the fourth pick in a 10-team league, you're you you know you're going to have much better options for you in the third round. But this was a 12-team mock draft, and you can check it out. Let's do sleepers, breakouts, and busts. Then we'll take a break, and then we'll come back. We'll look at ADP. We'll talk about all of these guys. Uh, here we go. My favorite sleeper quarterback is blank. We'll go Jamie Dave Heath, sleeper. Justin Fields. Uh, you know, just looking again at those those six games and the rushing production and how cheap he is. You know, anytime you have a, a quarterback that has the potential to run for, let's just you know uh, take off the 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 numbers off the top a little bit based on what his average would have been, um, six hundred yards, seven hundred yards. I think that's you know within the realm of possibility if they you know let him do what he did at the end of last season. Again, different coaches that uh, you don't love the receiving core uh, because they really didn't help him a lot this offseason, but I think it's good enough. And I'm guessing just based on how this roster is constructed, they're going to be chasing a lot of points. So we could see, you know, just a lot of volumes from the past time. So um, I think Fields will be uh, in the conversation as a back end, you know, number one QB, certainly a back end top 12 option. I have three great sleepers. Um, the one that I'll go with is the one that I have the rank the highest, and that's Jameis Winston. Winston's healthy. He's got a good receiving core. Uh, Mike, Michael Thomas is back. Olave was drafted. Jarvis Landry is there. Alvin Kamara catches passes out of the backfield. We can we can worry a little bit about Taysom Hill taking work away. He'll probably steal a few touchdowns from Jameis over the course of the season. And last year, Jameis did not throw a ton early on. But I, I can't help but think that he will throw more this year. I, I'm not sure how good Kamara, how much work Kamara will get as a running back, how good he'll be with it. I think he'll be pretty good. I think he's going to do more as a pass catcher. And I think Winston's going to look for him. And I think Winston's got a shot at having a pretty good season. And you can draft him with your last pick. Do, do we, and, and I don't believe this, but I'm just asking the question. Do we think that he has a chance to get benched if he struggles? No, he can get benched. Jameis? Yes. I mean, Andy Dalton's there. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like, I'm, try, I'm, try, I'm, I'm trying to remember what his contract was. I think it was. It's fairly, a it's a much bigger contract than yeah. last year, but yeah, it, there's no question. If if they come out of the gate and he's two twenty eight million, so right, it's way more than what he had last year. But I don't think that matters so much. Like if 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 old Jameis resurfaces, because last year he was so efficient and was on pace for just you know a, a, an excellent season. And granted, look, I think he he learned sitting behind Drew Brees. LASIK, I'm sure, has helped him. You know, you know, just being mm-hmm. in, you know, the opportunity that he has now. But I just wonder if. If there's a if there's a slump mm-hmm. and the team is struggling a little bit because we know the defense should be good, they should still be able to run the ball very well. If he's if he gets turnover prone, do they go? I don't think it'll be Taysom, but I I, I wouldn't be surprised if Andy Dalton maybe maybe starts a few games that we don't expect. 
One thing that Winston did last year that made him more efficient, less turnover prone, was he threw the ball much shorter. He was not the gunslinger of old. He got breezified, basically, and he's in that Saints offense. And <laughs> or he lost Arians. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But um, but he, he played just it was a safer a safer profile, and that's the way they run their offense, basically. Um, all right, Dave, just real quick, just give me the names for the other two sleepers that you were. Well, I don't want to take them away from Heath. They might right. be Heath sleepers. Heath, so let Heath sleeper. answer first. My favorite sleeper was Justin Fields. My second favorite sleeper was James Winston. So <laughs> don't worry about that, Dave. I'm, I'm going to go off the board. This will not be popular, but somebody once called this guy an elite quarterback. And I oh, believe I he's you. finished as a top 14 quarterback every year that he's played at least 14 games. He was a high-end number two quarterback last year. Now he has better weapons, and he's going to get to throw the ball a lot more. Carson Wentz is a sleeper, especially with as good as Jahan Dotson has looked. He might have two very good wide receivers and an offense that's thrown the ball about 600 times over the past two or three years. All right, Carson Wentz. Justin Fields, Jameis Winston, Carson Wentz. Okay, Dave, who else? The the thing that Wentz may have in common with the other two sleepers I'll give, uh, it's Tua Tunga-Vailoa and Trevor Lawrence. Good receiving core, opportunity to throw a lot, questions about the run game. Mm, In Miami, uh, yes, we think Miami will run the ball effectively when they do run, but it's Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, and Sonny Michelle. It's not exactly a a trio of dominant running backs. Jacksonville's got James Robinson. We don't know how ready he is or how effective he'll be when he does get the chance. And ETN's there too, but he's better as a pass catcher. Put him out in space, throw him the ball. Okay. And in Washington with Wentz, Antonio Gibson, huge question marks about him. We think that Brian Robinson might have a role. We know that J.D. McKissick will have a role. That's in the passing game. All of those quarterbacks could be in a position to throw a lot this year. Okay. It, it, Let's it go to breakouts. Because I, I think maybe somebody might have Tua or Lawrence as a breakout. It, it really doesn't matter how you define them. But let's go to Dave, Heath, Jamie for breakouts. I mean, I, I think the easy breakout at quarterback is Trey Lance. Just the fact that he he showed enough last year. He's guaranteed himself the job this year. The only way he's getting benched this year is if Jimmy Garoppolo somehow stays with the 49ers. There are 49ers fans who think that Garoppolo should stay with the team. Uh, if Garoppolo's there, that worries me a little bit because if Lance does get off to a slow start, they could make a move back to Garoppolo. But if he doesn't get off to a slow start and he does well, you're talking about one of those quarterbacks that can get you tons of stats rushing and tons of stats passing. There's been a lot of buzz about how he's connected with Brandon Ayuk. One of the silver linings of Debo's hold in was that he was connecting with Ayuk every day in practice. And Ayuk seems to be rejuvenated. That's a good wide receiver to keep in mind when you hit the middle of your draft. And if, if he brings that into the season, you know that Debo's going to do a lot of good things. Absolutely, Trey Lance is the breakout quarterback of the year. Heath. I want to thank Dave for not choosing Jalen Hurts. Uh, Jalen Hurts is my number five quarterback, number two in four points per passing touchdown. He's already shown us elite ability rushing the ball. He just got an elite number one wide receiver. We've seen this each I guess it was both of them two years ago. It was both Josh Allen and Kyler Murray. Hurts his first two years in the league, just as good a passer as those guys. No reason he can't make a leap as a passer. And if he does, he could be the number one quarterback in fantasy. Jamie, breakout. Well, there's a lot of options left. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> just guess, like Justin Fields again. <laughs> I guess. I mean, those those are the two, I think, ones that you just look at. Um, 
he's not a breakout candidate, but I think he can get into the conversation as the number one quarterback for not being there recently. And that's Russell Wilson, um, you know, just with his change of scenery. And, you know, it sucks that he doesn't have Tim Patrick, but um, just I think based on how the offense will operate in his favor, allowing him to be the catalyst and allowing him to have a career high in pass attempts, um, that's a very encouraging thing. So, you know, just from where he's getting drafted and where the upside, I think, falls, I think, you know, Russell Wilson's in line to have a re-breakout season. All right, so about one more? Sleeper, go ahead. One more breakout. Guy who could have a career year, Derek Carr. Well, where are you guys on Carr versus Cousins? Back to back, I like Cousins slightly better. Yeah. I like Cousins um, significantly better. Okay, uh, so the sleepers, Jamie said Fields, Dave said Jameis Winston plus Tua and Lawrence, and Heath said Carson Wentz. And when you hear that, that doesn't mean Heath likes Carson Wentz better than Justin Fields or anything, just different names to give. Uh, breakout quarterback, Jamie said Wilson, who, you know, he already, already <laughs> Trey Lance and Jalen Hurts were off the board. So we gave you Lance and Hurts and uh, Russell Wilson. Okay, how about a bust? We'll go Heath, Jamie, Dave. Go ahead, Heath. Who's, the, who's a bust this year? Well, I hate to say it, but it's Joe Burrow. He is now QB6 on Fantasy Pros, but ahead of Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, 32 picks ahead of Tom Brady, which is kind of his best case scenario as Tom Brady, and ahead of Russell Wilson. Um, I just, I don't think that he, I, I understand why it happened. He had a phenomenal run. He's an exceptional quarterback. He has great weapons, but I, I really don't think there's any reason to draft him before <laughs> Tom Brady and certainly not 30 picks before. Yeah, the funny thing is with Burrow is he he had a phenomenal run leading them to the Super Bowl, but in his last 12 games, including the playoffs, he scored more than 19 fantasy points five times in 12 games, and that was in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. So it really wasn't even that great. Like, there were some positive signs, obviously, but it, it's funny. I, I People are doing it not based on production, except for those two huge games in weeks, what, 16 and 17, mm-hmm. I think. He was like 20 p- fantasy points a week without those games. Yeah, which isn't top 12. Top 12, you're looking at 22 points per game the last couple of years. Uh, well, mm-hmm. 2020 was a wild quarterback year. But in recent years, 22 points per game is probably where you're looking at for QB 12 in six-point leagues. And it's a more like 18.5 per game for QB 12 in four-point leagues. Uh, so Joe Burrow is Heath's big bust. Based on eight, it's all based on ADP. And Jamie, how about you? Uh, same based on ADP, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, he, he lost a pretty big piece of his offense, if you haven't heard. Uh, so no, no more Devontae Adams. By the way, if you want a good uh, laugh, go check out Devontae Adams, Derek Carr, and, and Hunter Renfro squeezing into an Uber. Um, <laughs> uh, look, Rodgers, I think, will still be good. He just won't be top 10 good, and he's still being drafted as a top 10 quarterback, which, again, comparing him to some of the guys going after him, I personally like uh, Cousins and Carr better. I certainly like Trey Lance better. Um I just don't think Rodgers has the same ceiling. And I've said this a couple of times the last few years, and I've been burned by it. So for those of you buying Rodgers, I hope I get burned by it again because I'd like to see him still have another good season. But I just don't see it without Devontae Adams getting him to that level once again. Yeah. In terms of ADP, I just want to say we talked about this the other day. If you go to Fantasy Pros, which is what we're using right now, eventually we'll be using uh, CBS Sports. And you just click on their quarterback ADP. Aaron Rodgers is 10th. But if you click on their overall ADP and go to PPR, and that's probably the difference. It's probably a scoring thing. Go to PPR, he's 11th. Uh, not I, a big deal. Di- I not, think, it doesn't really matter, I, think I understand what that difference is because I was trying to understand it. I think they average the different sites for each ranking. And so 
being way down on one site would not move you as much within one of those that would the other. But well, I, I think their quarterback ADP is all of their scoring. And their overall is their PPR scoring. Okay. Yeah, well, what? Well, no, overall you can sort by whatever you want. So No, 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 but I, I think but for I the quarterback, though, my... it's a combination of everything. Okay. Uh, it doesn't matter. Look, if he's 10th, if he's 11th, it doesn't matter. Aaron Rodgers is the answer for Jamie for Biggest Bust. Dave, how about you? Cover your ears, Heath. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is going off the board as QB2. I think he might be QB4. Uh, <laughs> I'm definitely taking Herbert ahead of Mahomes. Big question mark about how how statistically great he'll be without Tyreek Hill. I think he'll still be good. I think he'll still be top five good. But I've I've started weighing the merits of Lamar Jackson, especially because the Ravens' run game doesn't look like it's at full strength anytime soon. And we saw what they did last year when their run game wasn't at full strength. They threw the ball a lot. And so if you're taking Lamar Jackson, who by all accounts at camp is throwing the ball well, mm-hmm. uh, if he takes a step forward as a passer, and he's throwing more, and he ends up being their best rusher as well, uh, that might be the stuff that makes him QB1. So I'm keeping a real close eye on how J.K. Dobbins is doing, how the other running backs are doing. Uh, the Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator in Baltimore, just called the running back competition, quote, wide open. I don't know if he'd say that if J.K. Dobbins was doing his thing or if he was close to doing his thing. So I'm 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 almost at the point now. I'm definitely taking Lamar over Mahomes in four point. Might be doing it in six point two. I think Lamar could be in line for a monster year. Did he did he say that in regards to the guys who are healthy or in terms of the whole room? He was just asked about the running backs in general, and he said that it's wide open. If you want me to find the exact quote, I'd happy. Yeah, I just I just wonder if like he means the guys who are actually practicing right now, right or. If okay, give me a second. And, and I, I'm not questioning you. I'm just saying like... No, no, no. Let's get it right because I'm sure a lot of well, people... Well, I would, would be like questioning <laughs> whoever said that if they, they were saying that J.K. Dobbins and Mike Davis are actually going to compete. Well, I mean, you, you've gotten good reports on Justice Hill, you know, which is like, okay. Like, is 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 that... Is it, you know, is it Corey Clement, Mike Davis, and Justice Hill and the, the competition's wide open or is it everybody in the room is wide open? He was asked, what do you make of the running back competition as it stands right now? Yeah, he's got to be talking so about that. So there the you go. Field. Right. So he just said, I see it as wide open. I see everybody is capable. Everybody is flashing. I uh, mentioned Corey Clement by name because he was new. Um, <laughs> we're trying to push them all to the number one spot. We're trying to push them all there. I, I don't know. All right. It doesn't like, sound like mind, it doesn't he, necessarily he, sound like he's he's if I'm not reading between the lines that this is bad for Dobbins. If that's what yeah, it, mu- it must mean he's talking about what he sees as opposed to the entire group. Right. And well, yeah, yeah. We're taking a break. When we come back, we'll get into ADP. We'll talk about all these guys. Some of them briefly. Some of them will expand on. We'll be right back on fantasy football today. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24 seven. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. 
When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Okay, let's take a look at Fantasy Pros, PPR, average draft position. I mean, look, does it really matter, quarterback, uh, PPR, non-PPR? It is different for whatever reason, but uh, just the quirks of drafting. But here is the PPR ADP as of, uh, what is today, August 4th? 4th. As as of August 4th, uh, average draft position. Josh Allen, 24th overall. When is the earliest you guys would take Josh Allen or any quarterback for that matter? I would take him first overall in a Superflex. In a non-Superflex league, when would you take? Late round three if it's 10 teams, early round four to middle round four in 12-plus teams. Everybody, anybody? Okay. Pretty much Late round three page. in non-PPR. Round four in full. Okay. Uh, and in round four, are which quarterbacks would you consider there if they were available? Justin. I think, I think just Allen. Um, I've got Allen, Herbert, and Mahomes back to back to back in terms of picks. So I, all three of them. Okay, so Allen is twenty fourth. Mahomes is a little bit later into round three, and Justin Herbert is early round four. Lamar Jackson is QB four. Joe Burrow, I have him as QB five. He'd said QB six. Whatever it is, it might just depend on what you're looking at. But he's five or six. Joe Burrow, he's in round five. Kyler Murray is next. He's in the end of round five, the beginning of round six. And he is QB6. So it's Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Burrow, Kyler Murray. Let's stop right there. We're through five rounds, basically 60 picks in PPR on Fantasy Pros. And it's Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, uh, Jackson, Burrow, Kyler Murray. Other than Burrow being in this group, uh, which we think is too high. Just real quick, where do you guys have Joe Burrow? Lower. QB11, pick 107. I'm right. I'm QB 10, 105. Yeah, he so will be QB nine. 11 for me. Same. Okay. Is anything, any other qualms here with uh, the top three and then Jackson and Kyler? I, 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 I put Brady ahead of Kyler. I would put Hertz ahead of Kyler. I'd put Hertz and Brady ahead of Kyler. Why is that? Kyler Murray is one of three quarterbacks who has been top five in fantasy points from yards alone in each of the last two seasons. So if you just took away all the touchdowns and just looked at yards, the three quarterbacks... Especially passing touchdowns has been one of the things that he has struggled with. Mm -hmm. Not in my opinion. I mean, that that depends on... Well, statistically. Yeah, yeah, but but when he's had DeAndre Hopkins (laughs) on the field, he's, he's been fine there. Before he, he's not going to have DeAndre Hopkins for at least for six, six games. games. But he has Marquise Brown now. Before he uh, got hurt in 2019, he was or 2020, he was the number one quarterback in fantasy. He didn't have any problems throwing touch. So yeah, when he's played hurt and when he hasn't played without DeAndre Hopkins, he's had touchdown issues. But the only three quarterbacks who have been top five in points from yards alone each of the last two years are Allen, Mahomes, and Kyler. And Murray is the only one who's been top three both seasons. And so, but if you're worried about his passing touchdowns, how could you possibly put Jalen Hurts ahead of him. Hurts has, has much bigger passing touchdown concerns than Kyler Murray. I expect Jalen Hurts to run for 
probably two or three hundred more yards. I mean, he could it could be more than that, honestly. Kyler's in two of his three seasons, he's been kind of like a five hundred and fifty yard rusher, and Hertz has thousand yard potential. Um, and but, you have to trade um, Murray before Call of Duty comes out. <laughs> uh, all right. When you look at Allen, Mahomes, and Herbert, Mahomes is losing that. Dave already called him a bust uh, as QB2. He's losing Tyreek Hill. He's got a pretty good history without Tyreek Hill. Most of it was in 2019. But uh, I mean, I personally have not and probably will not have any Patrick Mahomes. I'm not going to take him as QB2. Anyone else feeling nervous about it other than Dave, who laid it out a little while ago? Uh, you know, we had this conversation yesterday on on HQ in that while he does not have Tyreek Hill and will not have a direct Tyreek Hill replacement, this is the deepest receiving core that he's had from a talent standpoint. And so, you know, as, as I brought up yesterday, so there's no one for one, but there's certainly an upgrade over Byron Pringle and Demarcus Robinson, you know, and and so does Juju and Sky Moore and MVS and whatever they get out of Hardman who's still there, you know, do those guys collectively do more than Tyreek Hill did and Demarcus Robinson did and Byron Pringle did. I'm sure most people would say no, and, and I would as well, but it may not be the case, you know, and I think just knowing what he's capable of doing still, like I, I get Dave's point on, you know, certainly him as a bust as the second quarterback. I have no problem with him as the third quarterback. If somebody wants Lamar Jackson. That's fine. Uh, he's, he's got as much upside as anybody. So, but I think Mahomes will still be in the same range that he has been. And maybe just maybe, he gets back to that 5,050 level uh, because of other guys doing different things. And it's so hard to stop them. You know, if, if these guys pick up the offense as quickly as they hopefully will, he's got an amazing offensive line, still a questionable run game, but guys that will make plays out of the back for catching the ball. And he could, you know, just missing the Super Bowl and how everything sort of unfolded last year. Plus, oh, you're not good without Tyree Kill. You know, motivated Andy Reid, motivated Patrick Holmes, a pretty good player to have on your side. Do you guys think that let me ask it differently. How many quarterbacks do you think have QB1 upside? I'll go through the list and you tell me do you think they can realistically Seven. finish QB1? Josh eight, Allen, eight, eight, yes. Eight. Yes. Patrick Mahomes. Yes. yes. Justin yeah. Herbert. Yes. Yep. Yes. Lamar Jackson. Yes. Yes. Joe Burrow. No. No. Nope. Kyler Murray. Yes. Yeah. No. no. Okay. Dak Prescott. No. No. Yeah. Oh. All right. Uh Jalen Hurts. Yes. Oh, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> Russell Wilson. Yes. No. No. Tom Brady. Yes. Yep. Yes. Anyone else? Stafford, Lance, Carr, Rogers, Cousins, Fields, etc. Lance. I'm going to say Lance and Fields just because there's enough unknowns about them as passers that if they go out and rush for 1,200 yards and are average as passers, it's the same argument I make for Jalen Hurts. Yeah. I, QB1 is such a high threshold. It's almost, I think every quarterback that finishes QB1 has 40 touchdown scores combined passing and rushing uh, for the last however many years. Um, so... I don't know that you need to think about that on draft day, but I, I, you know, you're not. No, dra- you think about that before draft day when not you make really. your own list of quarterback rankings. Yes, you do. Because you need to look at the quarterback can, list and say how many of these guys have a shot at 40 touchdowns. I bet that's exactly what we just did. There if aren't you that ask many. Us the question, run down the list of quarterbacks again. How many of these guys can get to 40 touchdowns? But he, but here's the thing. Let me, before we do that, be the same. I know. But before we do that, 
I don't think we you, should do you that. Don't I draft, we did that. I, you don't draft Trey Lance. If I told you, well, he pretty much has no chance of being QB1 because he's not going to score 40 touchdowns. But he could easily be QB three, right? Sure, right. but that's so, not what you, so ask. It's a, you know it's a fun exercise. But I guess it doesn't really matter when you get to a guy like Trey Lance. If he finishes QB three, you're going to be thrilled. What might be more interesting to do is run down the list of quarterbacks again and ask us who has a chance to finish top five at their position. And I mean, you're going to get a ton of yeses, and that's how you know the position mm-hmm. is very exciting this year and plenty deep. See, I can see yeah. Cousins and Carr getting forty touchdowns. You think so, really? Yeah, I mean, if if things work out, obviously at the most optimal level. But you know I think, what? You, know, you have. I think you, have you might be great, right on Cousins. You have great receiving cores for both these guys. Yeah, I don't know about Carr, but Cousins, I think Carr doesn't have a great receiving core. I, I think he does. I just don't. I don't think he's got it in him to get to forty total touchdowns. Um. Yeah, and and if you want to be a top five quarterback. Most of the time, you're talking about 30 touchdowns. That's per 16 games, so probably more like 32 or 33. so. 33. Yeah, 32, yeah. 33. Almost every quarterback. There, there's you, there's about a little bit less than one per year, and it's always a mobile guy that finishes top five with fewer than 30 touchdown passes. I can go through that in another show. Let's get let's talk about more players here. So after those top six, which is Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, and we think Burrow should be lower around QB 11. Dak Prescott is QB 7. Jalen Hurts is QB 8. They're both going around 6. Dak and Hurts. Who do you guys like better, Dak or Hurts? Hurts. 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 Russell Wilson in round 7. Matthew Stafford in round 8. Now, look, Stafford's ADP is going to change based on the elbow, I guess. But, um, you know, the first 6 I gave you, here's the next 6. Let's just do that. Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, Russell Wilson, Stafford, Brady, Rodgers. There's your top 12. After that, it's Lance, Carr, Cousins, Fields, and we'll get into that. But 7 through 12 is Prescott, Hurts, Wilson, Stafford, Brady, Rodgers. And they are going between round 6 and the end of round 8, basically. That is a two-round stretch there of 24 picks or so. Of of that group, Dak, Hurts, Wilson, Stafford, Brady, Rogers, Heath. What stands out to you in that group? I don't understand why Tom Brady's in this group. You think he should be ahead? What? Well, yeah, I mean, he has been ahead um, ever since he got to Tampa, and I just I don't. I I guess people are worried that Godwin's not going to be okay for a large portion of the season, but um, yeah, I think. Like he's going to get to throw more passes than anybody else, and he's better than just about anybody else at doing that, and he has elite weapons. I don't think there should be any pocket passers drafted before Tom Brady. Including Dak Prescott? Do you consider him a pocket passer? No, I think he's going to win more again this year. It, so who would you take, Brady or Dak? Well, I would take Brady, so okay. yes. But I don't Brady. consider Dak a pocket passer. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, look, before the Julio Jones signing and before we found out Gobbin wasn't going to open on the pup list— I was nervous about Brady because I, I just felt like it was tenuous, you know, like Evans gets dinged up and who knew what Godwin was going to produce. Then they lost Ryan Jensen too. And they were already out without two guards and they have a new coach who's probably going to be less aggressive. I'm not saying that they're going to be run heavy or anything, but I, I could see the case against Brady. Um, I, I don't think if the new coach wants to be the current coach that they're going to go run heavy. No, they're definitely not going to go run heavy. 
but they may not lead the NFL in pass attempts, and they may not be throwing when they're up by 14 points in the fourth quarter. And that might lead to five fewer touchdowns or something like that and 150 fewer yards. I'm just throwing numbers out there. So I, I saw some reasons. I'm encouraged by, I think Julio can have a nice bounce back, you know, help at least. And I'm encouraged by Godwin's progress. Um, what else? Jamie, when you look at that group of six, Prescott, Hurts, Wilson, I know you're going to favor Hurts for sure. Uh, Stafford, Brady, Rodgers, anyone you're just not drafting? Uh, you said Rodgers was a bust earlier, so. Rodgers and Stafford in this group. Um, I mean, these are three of my favorites, though, in this group of Hurts, Brady, and Wilson. You know, so the the spots that you get these guys in typically, it's uh, the, the, this is the first spot for me that I tend to, okay, I like this group. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a peek at a quarterback right now. Okay. And then you still find yourself waiting till the next group, which is fine, but this is good value for these players. I mean, you're, you're talking about some... Guys who a lot of them have, you know, top five upside for sure. Top three upside, let's say. Um, Dave, nervous about anyone in this group? Prescott, Hurts, Wilson, Stafford, Brady, Rogers. Not to the point where, uh, well, Stafford yeah. right now. But if you had asked me that yesterday or a few days ago, I would have said not really. No. Fine going to battle with any of these guys is my QB1. What about the fact that Aaron Rodgers played six games without Devontae Adams in 2019 and 2020, and he scored 22 or more points in five of six games. He scored 31 or more points in four of six games. So he has been unbelievable without Devontae Adams. Did you guys, did you guys also hear that? Yeah, yeah that's fantastic. <laughs> what what I say? Nothing, uh, nothing at all. Let's talk about Oh, no, Rodgers. what did I say? No, there, there's nothing. You didn't say anything. Oh, crap. <laughs> was it really bad? <laughs> no, it's fantastic. Um, I was just cursed. Anyway, what about the fact oh, that Aaron Rodgers has been incredible without Devontae Adams? I think that that's the one thing that keeps me ranking Aaron Rodgers as a top 12 quarterback. And he's a low end. He's not in my top 10. But he's he's an unbelievable quarterback. He's one of the best to ever do it. And I, I not having Devontae Adams, is it's absolutely going to suck. But... He'll he can still find ways to to churn out some fantasy points. Will he be as good as he was in years past? No. Should you get another quarterback to go with him? You could because he could end up stinking. But he's healthy. Uh, I hope that offensive line is healthy. I think he's going to lean on the running backs quite a bit uh, in the passing game. But I'm encouraged by what he's doing with Lazard. I'm encouraged by what I'm reading about Romeo Dubs. Uh, and I think that they, they will find a way to to have the offense be 80% of what it was last year. Okay, I said five or six games for the record. Uh, I don't know what you all heard. Um, um, all right, so let me, I just got to speed up because I think Heath, you have to go. Well, pretty soon. If anybody has to hop off, I know you have to get ready for HQ. That's fine. Um, we'll finish so we're not up here. talk about Aaron Rodgers' recent podcast and how he's giving him credit for his late season resurgence to a psychedelic experience in South America. <laughs> I would I'm sure Ricky Williams and Josh uh, Gordon love hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> if, maybe if our podcast is slumping a little bit, I'll have to keep it in mind. The next group of six is Trey Lance, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Justin. Well, that's really like that's the big three there, right? Lance, Carr, Cousins are quarterbacks 13, 14, 15. And then after that, you've got Fields, Tua, and Lawrence. We've spent a I, lot I of time. I think you can lump Fields in with that first group of three. 
Okay. I just put Tua in there too, the way his training camp's going. Yeah, there's upside for him. There really is. Tua, Tua apparently has thrown one bad pass since uh, minicamp, by the way. <laughs> just ask Tyreek. It's exciting. Well, I mean, all you see is the positive stuff ever since the overthrow. Right. The underthrow, we got to get out there. We got to see him throw in person. There's no excuses. Get out there, Dave. Uh, I'm going. I, I'm going to be there for at least two days in late August. Yeah, look, I'll tell you this about Tua. According to ESPN, since the Dolphins drafted Tua in 2020, the Miami's wide receivers have ranked the four, uh, 29th, fourth lowest in the league in separation. Tyreek Hill was 13th best last year in separation. Jalen Waddle was 26th. So it's just going to be... he was a, running routes of like 10 yards. Right. It's just going to be a different time. world for Tua. I mean, what yeah. kind of upside does Tua have? And what kind of upside does Lawrence have? Who has more? I think Lawrence has more. I think Tua has more. Ooh. I lean toward Lawrence because I think he'll run more. I think they'll both run a, a little bit. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I don't. I, I if Lawrence runs more, then I would agree. Um, Lawrence I ran just for seven hundred yards in his last three years of college. Yeah, um, he didn't really do it a lot last year. Uh, he had seventy three attempts last year for I think it was like two seventy something. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, that's pretty good. It's better than I thought. I think better off. He ran. Line. He ran for three hundred and thirty four yards. Oh, 334, Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot more than Tua. That's mm-hmm. and that's a really um, good number too. And two touchdowns, right? Yep. So was I right on the attempt? 73? 73 or four. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that, three and a half. <laughs> I think that that matters a little bit. You know, they both got receiving upgrades. Obviously, Tua's are better. Um, both got offensive line upgrades. But I think, you know, pedigree matters. I, and I think Lawrence will have a little bit of a better ceiling, a little, little bit higher ceiling. So I, I like both the guys the same. You know, I think they're both very good number two quarterbacks to settle for. You know, if you can't get, depending on how your draft goes, if you can't get, Somebody like Fields, who has, I think, a higher selling than both those guys. Um, you want to put Jameis in that category as well. But you know, if you draft a Carr or Cousins and you want to say, okay, I wanted to see what else may be out there to help my team, then I think Tua and, and Lawrence certainly you know, are good guys to stash. Who's got top five upside, either of them? I don't think so, but it, would, it wouldn't shock me if they got there. Okay. All right, I'd say Lawrence. I'm sorry, go ahead. Lawrence probably has a sliver of it. All right, so let's finish up. But once you get past that, who do you think could be a consistent, reliable starter? Ryan Tannehill, Matt Ryan, Deshaun Watson's his own case. Say it. Oh, Jameis for sure. Uh, We like Jameis in that group. Um, Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, Jameis Winston, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, Davis Mills, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Daniel Jones. There it is. Baker Mayfield, Kenny Pickett, Marcus Mariota, Mitchell Trubisky, Jimmy Garoppolo. That's your ADP. Um, Mayfield, Wentz, Winston. Winston, Ryan, Mack, Jones. I'm out of here. Okay. Goodbye, Heath. Yeah, I got to go in a minute, too. Okay. Jamie, how about you? Uh, Winston, Daniel Jones, and that's it. Mac Jones averaged more yards per attempt as a rookie than Justin Herbert and uh no, he was the same mm-hmm. as Justin Herbert, uh more than Joe Burrow as a rookie. He had the highest passer rating in the NFC East last year, better than Josh Allen. He scored twenty one point two AFC, sorry, twenty one point two or more fantasy points in three of his last six games. The uh, three that he didn't were against Buffalo, and one of those was in those terrible weather uh, that terrible weather game, two against Buffalo, and one was week eighteen at Miami. 
where he was 20 of 30 for 261 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. He uh, ranked 12th in intended air yards per pass attempt. He was not just dinking and dunking. He uh, had the 12th most pass plays of 20-plus yards, just behind Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Mac Jones was a lot better than people realized last year. He's getting rave reviews. They added Devontae Parker. They added a rookie wide receiver as well. Um, Tyquan Thornton. Thornton. Um, mm-hmm. They're getting, hopefully, James White back. He he might, you know, I'm, I think he's, I think he had a much better rookie season than people give him credit for. That's, that's where I'll leave it. What do you think about him for 2022? I don't, I have a hard time drafting him in a one QB league because there are so many other quarterbacks that you can take in round 13 plus that we, we talked about Tua, Trevor Lawrence, Jameis, they're going to be there. I'm taking those guys ahead of Mac Jones, but I think there's a shot of him getting, more work in this offense, which makes me a little even more nervous about Damian Harrison, a little worried about Ramondre Stevenson, although Stevenson potentially could be someone who catches passes from Mac Jones. But the the rave reviews were, seemed a little funny. You've never heard Belichick talk about Mac Jones like this, and he's done it on, on a number of different platforms. The reports from camp have been that he's been lights out. The reports from camp have been that he's connecting on passes deeper than 40 yards which is something he didn't always do at Alabama. He needed Matt Patricia. And then now it's Matt Patricia's the offensive play caller, which is weird. That part is definitely weird. But if, if they might say, all right, we're going to lean on Mac a lot more, uh, there is room for him to have 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns this year. That puts him in the conversation as a top 12 fantasy quarterback. Crazy, but true. I'd be very, very surprised if he had 30 touchdowns. I could see 4,000 yards, but they're still going to be so run heavy. Okay. Well, that's the thing. We don't know. It, it was easy to call them run heavy last year. They had a rookie quarterback. Now I think they they might be more inclined to let him do a little bit more. If he stinks at it, then yeah, they revert back to being run heavy. This has been our quarterback preview. Sorry, we didn't really get to spend time on guys like Zach Wilson, Daniel Jones, uh, players who have some, some int- you know, they're interesting. I but wish the camp reports Davis were better Mills. for Zach Wilson. Yeah. Because he's got a great receiving core. Oh, and Daniel Jones, by the way, apparently, and the offense has apparently been horrible. You right. Can't. So, like, like there, there have been reports about how great Elijah Moore's been and how he made this amazing one-handed catch. It came from Flacco. <laughs> so, I like, I'm, I'm, like I'm a little bit... No, <laughs> right. But like it was also year. in camp this year. Like, I like Elijah Moore, but I would be through the roof on him if he had a quarterback that I could trust. And I'll leave you with this little nugget here about Davis Mm. Mills. Davis Mills, only three quarterbacks scored more fantasy points than Mills against the Rams. They were Brady, Kyler, and Rodgers. He scored 24 points against the Rams. Only two quarterbacks scored more fantasy points against the Patriots. He scored 30 against the Patriots. Only Josh Allen, who actually did it twice, and Dak Prescott scored more. So that's pretty Mm -hmm. damn good for a rookie. And we will talk to you tomorrow. They need another good pass catcher there to really give that offense a chance. Thank you very much for tuning into this marathon quarterback preview. It's a big position. It's very important. We're going to have two running back episodes, two wide receiver episode episodes. Those are next week, but tomorrow it's tight end talk. We'll talk to you then on fantasy football today. Hello everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. 
The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets. <laughs> 